there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you All right, can away name. we go. It's Vegas Hockey, only named 1400 KSHP on a Friday. And we are down at the Superbook at the Westgate. Jake Cornegay has rolled out the red carpet for us. We come down here, have a great time, watch all the games. The soccer games are on now. Uh, we had golf on before, horse racing leading to a big weekend, football central in the theater, all the NFL games, Army-Navy tomorrow. Um, great time of year to be coming down here. Stay and play if you're coming in from out of town, seeing a lot of cowboys. The rodeo's been cranking. Um, it's just a fun time of year in Las Vegas. A little, little too chilly for my liking, but that, I mean, I'm, give me the 110 degrees, man. I'm in. You know, I, it's called air conditioning a pool and run freckles together and get a hell of a tan. I, you know, it's a little, little on the chilly side for me. But Brian, I'm a, it was, I'm, I'm telling you, it was, it was all kinds of warm when it came to November. What, do we have a, it was like, we had a, wonderful it was like November. a record yeah. month. No, we, we, to, we uh, got a big break. We did. No Viembre, I guess. What do we got to get to? What do you think? Basically, we, we get lucky maybe end of February. Maybe we, we get some 70s if we get lucky around there. But March is when we turn the corner. It's usually right right around uh, early March where it starts to uh, slide up there around uh, the old 70 mark. All right. Brian Bloods and Chris Wynn, we're down at the Superbook at the Westgate. Stevie is manning the ship. Thank you, Stevie, yesterday. You and Ken Bolke, good stuff. Appreciate that. And... Uh, a lot of good chatter and a lot of good information. And, I know, you know, they're playing the Flyers tonight. And, uh, you know, a lot of the talk was about the come-from-behind win uh, against Dallas and all the good things that were involved in that game. Uh, but the other little subplot side story in there was Leonard getting the hook and, you know, I think DeBoer just making a move to shake the team up a little bit. And but then the fans' reaction, which was – Something that we'll keep tabs on, see how that goes. But all indications are from this morning's skate that it will be Brassois that's going to get the start against the Flyers, Steve. Uh, interesting. I, I thought. Well, you I, get the wild in the on deck circles. Yeah, I, I guess maybe you're you're saving uh, Leonard for that. I think Brassois played well though. Yeah. He, whenever he's been in there, he's played well. I and like him. He's solid. He's, he is. He, look, the guy can play, uh, and it's a good spot for the big Golden Knights when you're talking about a team that's got a 10-game, trying to avoid an 11-game losing streak in which they've, throughout this entirety, it is a hockey club, guys, that struggles to score goals. We're talking about, what, just under two goals a game in this streak. You know, Giroux, I mean, obviously they have some guys that, that can light the lamp, but they're they're going to need much more production if uh, they're going to go on the road to Vegas tonight for a, a late-night start for them and uh, and pick up, pick up a W. Even DeBoer, though, it's funny. Uh, he made mention of it publicly, so no, they're saying this to the players, that, you know, beware. I mean, that's a trap game. Yeah, Minnesota's coming up Sunday, and, you know, look at the standings, know that – you had coaching changes and all kinds of stuff going on with the Flyers, and as Chris just alluded to, mm-hmm. it's just not pretty. And there's nothing pretty about it. But a Philly probably gets a bounce in their step just because they got out of Philly. I mean, that's one of those things. You get away from home, and you know, go be a hockey team, and you know, see if they quote unquote circle the wagons and show up with a good effort. But 
I mean, I'm looking forward to the game with the Wild. I, I think that's going to be a great game. Well, wait a minute. There's a game before that. I mean, I don't, I'm personally looking forward to the Wild game, and that'll, that's a hockey game on Sunday. And, Brian, you brought up, of course, DeBoer in his comments, and he just recently commented uh, just basically an hour ago talking about uh, he loves the flexibility they have from a personnel standpoint, you know, and he says what we've been able to do with a couple of extra guys is move some guys in and out, put some fresh legs out there, and reward guys for playing well. And uh, that's been a big key, I think, for them. Uh, and we saw it on Wednesday night. Obviously, it was a, it was a pretty impressive comeback. Well, we, we touched on it, but we didn't maybe go too deep into it. Pacioretty's return, and it's great to see him. And, you know, he's proven to you, he's your goal scorer. And, you know, we know what's going to happen in March or whenever uh, when a certain guy wearing nine shows up, and then things get really intriguing. But in the meantime, I mean, inside the game, Stevie, that Dallas game, they catch this huge break, right? I mean, the goal's not scored by Dallas, could have really put things away. But the guy that started the comeback of all people was Amadio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, so you got Amadio and Dodonov and Yanmark are starting to really find a little bit of a, a, a flow. I mean, I mean, I'm not not terrorizing teams, but you know, making significant contributions to the ultimate outcome, and you need that. Yeah. You, you, again, we, we we need. I'd like to see a little more from Colesar. We've talked about that, but Carrier had a chance too, didn't get it, but he scored a couple of goals recently as well. Now, Carrier and Stevenson are they questionable tonight? Stevenson's out. Out. Okay. The same personal reason Stevenson is out. Uh, Carrier. He took a shot last game, didn't he? He at the tail end of the game. I'm thinking it's like about three and a half minutes to go, which might have been his last shift in the game anyway. It was along there's in the offensive zone along the far wall. It, it look and you didn't have a really good angle of it, and they never, you know, you only get the one look at it live. And he kind of got a cross check on the hip, the rib area. It seemed like he got hit from the side. And he was doubled over pretty good going to the bench. So he didn't play again after that, but I think it was he probably that might have been his last shift anyway. But no one said anything, so I assume he's okay. But he was in uh let's say some pretty significant discomfort on the way back to the yeah. bench. All right, so any idea who centers the top line then does Waff step up there? Good question. I I would certainly be more than comfortable putting Waugh up there. And I do believe he's had a sniff at that in the past. I think he has. And yeah. don't forget this guy. He's leading the team in plus minus. He's Waugh's playing really good hockey. He really is. And a point on him, too, by the way, guys. You love the mental approach that the last 24 hours has brought with uh, some of these guys. Nick Waugh mentioned today, just again, a matter of an hour ago, talking about how we will not be overlooking this team in this spot. Talking about the Flyers, right? Because it's a natural reaction that you would think. Because it's, you know uh, where the Flyers sit basically uh, on the totem pole in the NHL, you'd expect there there could possibly be a look past here for Vegas, and uh, it's good. Uh, it's it's uh, it's it's a good thing to, to to see to hear players talking that way, where uh, they're on their edge of their toes uh, and uh, understanding they need to go out there and play their game, as he says, and uh, and and come away with a, a victory tonight. In seasons past, you know, they, they could have maybe looked past this game. They cannot afford to this season in, in the points position they're in. Mm-hmm. They can't look past anybody. Well, and that's a, a point well taken. Um, you know, Anaheim, 
I'm telling you, Anaheim, with those two goalies, they're interesting. I mean, I, I wonder how long, how long they hang around. I, I don't know that they go, uh, you know, qu- quietly into the night here. I, I think they might be in this. If you get because listen, last night Gibson was spectacular, and the things they're 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 winning the games when they're throwing Stolars out there. They're they're finding ways to win the games with their backup, and and this is what we had talked about three weeks ago, a month ago. Steve said, "Hey, and I mean that's an interesting story." They're winning games, they're scoring goals, and Gibson's been good, but Gibson's not been Gibson good. Now Gibson's looking like he's Gibson good again. Now they're 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 better than I thought they would be faster, right? I I I thought with you know Drysdale and, and Zegras, you know they're obviously a team on the come, but I, I'm I'm thinking a few years down the road yet, but they're here now. They're here now, and I and I'm with you, Brian. I'm not sure they're going anywhere. I think they're in this for the long haul. Listen, the division, let's give the division some credit here. I mean, you know, we always pull calls at the division. I mean, these guys, and you know, the the Kings maybe are more one of these teams that run hot and cold, but the the Kings are no walk in the park. No, they'll give you an effort. You know, the the coach there, that that was – I wasn't sure of when they brought him in how that was how that was going to play, but he's done a good job. They get up and down the ice. Um, they'll give you a, a good hundred percent effort every night. So the Kings are no walk in the park, absolutely not. And and Dowdy's back now. So hey, let's uh, touch base on what went down this morning at the Board of Governors meeting. Okay, they wrapped up, and then Gary Bettman and Bill Daly. It's kind of like a. I guess they do. It's like a state of the league address at the Board of Governors meeting. And there was a lot of news in there. Uh, the cap will be up a million next year. And the players' debt will be paid off in three years. And that's when the cap will go up significantly. The Arizona thing, Bettman called out Glendale. He said they're playing a hand of cards. You know, got agendas and angles. And now Glendale's sniping back at him. But he said, listen, Arizona's going nowhere. They've got plans in place. They don't know. Um, they say they have options. They wouldn't get into them that if they couldn't play in Glendale next year. But he said they will be in the greater Phoenix area. But then the media were all over them, uh, specifically the guys up in, from Quebec. He's got a meeting with it. And he goes, I don't even know who it's with, but I know it's coming up. It's a, either the prime minister or... You know, a government official, they got to lead a meeting with Quebec at some point. I mean, Quebec, you know, unless someone's relocating, I I just don't see. Well, I guess maybe in time, if you did two more expansion teams, if you couldn't get a team into Houston Houston and Quebec, maybe uh, that's a down-the-road thing. But, you know, the big thing was to me, they talked about the Olympics and the news that came out of this. Bill Daly said, you know, it keeps being reported that January 10th is the drop dead date. He said, there is no such thing as a drop dead date. Mm. He said, the January 10th is a date that met that financial considerations had to be met. He didn't say money going which way or what all that entails, but that's a financial commitment deadline. And he said there is no drop-dead date for them to say we're going to do what's best for our players 
in regards to participation in the Olympics. But Batman, they insist, you know, we're doing everything in our power for these guys to be healthy, taken care of. And as of now, it's still all systems go, but it is something that will, you know, merit a very close watch in the days and weeks to come. And then the one other thing and that came out of it, and then let everybody dive in on all of this stuff. They, I, what did I say to you, Stevie? We were talking about, hey, look, you got all these concerns about China. I said, well, I mean, this virus knows no borders, and you got the All Star Game here in Vegas, and someone did indeed say, well, what of the Vegas situation uh, in terms of? A handbook or protocols for the guys. He said, listen, we want them to be healthy. We want them to be safe. They'll stay in a separate hotel. They will have their families with them. Um, And he did say they would have, like, some guidance in terms of, you know, what they're looking for from them. But he did say, now, they're going to Vegas, and they won't – the players will not be on lockdown in Vegas. And they're treating it as it's – like it's just part of the regular season, teams coming in and out of here. It's, that sounds good, but this is different. I mean, this is 50 guys. If something were to arise here, would be going back to six, seven, eight teams. Something could, you know, it's, at least it's something you got to be very wary of. Yeah, there's just so much to chew on, right? Given uh, the prospects from the Olympic angle of what could happen, as far as these teams and, and these, and I, I propose this out, uh, Stevie. To Brian off the air, I talked about, well, look, you know, uh, Gary Bettman has come out and said that this is ultimately going to be a player's decision. Uh, Of course, he did note, uh, you know, what was involved as far as the CBA is concerned. But uh, having made that statement, and then I thought to myself, and I asked Brian this, I said, look, you know, what happens if, if the NHL makes a decision, right? But then all of a sudden, individual players... You know, regard whether it's patriotism, whether it's, you know, they just want to play in the Olympics or or whatever their reasoning be. And you get the one guy that want, you know, the one or two or five guys that want to play for Russia or the two guys that want to play for Finland. Yet the NHL has some type of, uh, you know, ultimatum almost set. It, make, it makes it very difficult, right, to, uh, to kind of get this whole thing figured out. Well, the guy in that regard, Steve, I mean, Ovechkin is the one who sticks out like a sore thumb. If the league, yeah. if something came up and... You know, this new variant and blah, 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 blah. And, and the league said, you know, upon further consultation with the NHLPA, you know, they would have to sign off on this. But both parties say, yeah, it's not in our best interest. Uh, we're thinking maybe we're not going to go here. I could still see a guy like Ovechkin go, well, you may not be going, but I'm going. Mm-hmm. I could I could certainly see a, a, a guy like that saying that. I I think the league has to really really be careful here, Brian. We, we've we've we're, we're seeing problems right now in the NBA. The the Indiana coach got it. Who knows what happens to to Pacer players and coaching staff there? Uh, Toronto canceled practice the other day. The Chicago Bulls had a problem. We've seen it earlier in the season in the NHL where uh, a couple of teams had you know four or five guys get it at the same time. You've got to be really careful with this thing still. No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, in the Vegas thing here, I mean, obviously, you know, you want everybody to come here, have a good time, but uh, you can't talk out both sides of your mouth. We say we got to live our lives and get on with things, but, oh, the other thing I'm trying to think, the, um, and they were, they were pretty well prepared today 
they actually are a pretty good one-two punch. Even Batman's out. That's why he's here because they they really play off each other pretty good, and they don't put their foot in their mouth in these press conferences. I think they they've actually learned how to do a really good job in that regard. Um, Batman and Daly. And, you know, oh, it was about the uh, three-week layoff that they have a shadow schedule. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. The, the other reason they could drop out is if something happens, that's why January 10th is not, it's a big deal. That's not a drop-dead date. That if, say, between now and then or around that time, say four or five teams come down with an outbreak and we've had Ottawa and the Islanders, right? They're the only two that have lost games. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. All right. But if, if say, several teams, a bunch of teams ended up losing some games, that's also a moment for them to say, we're not going to do this because we need that three-week window to make up lost games. That's another thing that they will absolutely take into account. So, Stevie, I'm going to play translator here for a little bit because I've been listening to Brian, right, for the past week or so. He is – I, mean, I, I got to say, right, Brian, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but you are pretty much – your opinion is dead set that there absolutely could be a situation here where the NHL doesn't go to, to the Olympic Games. Well, you, are, you, are, you are pretty cemented in that opinion. Oh, Am I, I wrong I want to see it. I mean, I do, but but no, but the reality of this is there are a myriad of factors. And Stevie, you've said your piece, I've said mm-hmm. my piece. Yeah. You know who who's 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 in a hurry to be running around doing China any favors? Okay, and let's start with that. Um, the other thing, and there's a PR component to this too. I've never heard anybody else say this, but you know, you just had this deal going on with the female, the woman's tennis player. Right. right. And the WTA bailed out of there. Hey, hey, mm-hmm. look, we're not playing your game. And, and they, they're billions, billions. Mm-hmm. They've said we're not going. We're not playing this game. And the IOC and FIFA, I mean, they don't have a soul to begin with. I mean, they're going to do what's. They wouldn't care. But I mean, honestly, from a PR perspective, if the WTA and the Women's Tennis Association stepped up to the plate and said no. What you're doing's wrong. We're not sure what's going on with that lady. Uh, that you know, I, I think she's, I don't know, she's older than a teenager. I think. Anyway, yeah. as, to say that they would pull their business out of there, and then on the human rights stuff and all the other stuff, I'm all for you know a ski jumper or individuals. I mean, that's it. That's all they got. You know, this is a professional league. You got the Stanley Cup. What's the look here? I mean. There's a PR thing. The NHL looking the other way a little bit going, oh, yeah, you know, our players want to play in the Olympics. Well, sure, there's a lot of things I want too, but um, is there not a – could they not take a PR hit from some factions? Oh, they would absolutely take a PR hit from some factions, but also you haven't even brought up the situation regarding COVID-19 requirements, right? The oh, possible, no, no. That's po- the, the possible one. quarantines. That's the obvi- big one. The obvious safety concerns, okay, that that have you know that could that well, could the that could end frame, up Chris. showing up regarding athletes of that stature going over there to China. If you think and, about and it, what are the odds? Situation. What are the odds? The it's odds. Not good. Are, the odds are Canada is playing in the gold medal, right? So, yeah, Canada. You and whatever, who knows? But the U.S., Sweden, Russia. All right. So, 
we'll pick a pair. So say it's Canada-U.S. playing in the gold medal game. You've made mm-hmm. it to the medal round. You're there. You're deep into the Olympics. And in the day between the sem- semifinal game and the gold medal game, four American guys and five Canadian guys come down with COVID. Those nine guys could be stuck in China for three yeah. weeks. Mm-hmm. And you're coming back. How, so how many how many games are they missing on the back end of this thing? And I'm telling you, don't don't look past Robin Leonard. Always is the guy that gets in front of stuff, and his situation is unique, and he was very forthcoming about why. But then he elaborated on it. I was like that was I was like waiting for somebody. Well, tell us a little bit more about this. And he did it himself on social media. And he said the risk of getting stuck there, and who's making who does making that call? Because the the NHL they did say today, no, we're not. You know, it's not like we're leaving our players out on an island. We're going to have control over their health and everything. But if if Leonard was at the forefront of this and he was the guy to walk up and say it, and he could have been saying it because he he's got a beef going with the Swedish Federation, or he knew he wasn't going to be the starter. But he said, my situation, talk to my psychiatrist, and who knows what the experience is going to be for these guys mm. over there stuck in dorms or whatever. Yeah, because it's going to be an Olympic Village type situation, yeah. right? So, But not a normal Olympic Village where you're running around and everybody's going nuts. Yeah. Everybody's, you know, and, and you're going to be under this watchful eye over there. Mm. But if Leonard said that, we've been talking about this for three weeks here, that there might be a lot of guys going, well, I don't know about that three-week quarantine thing. And who knows how many guys that were hell-bent on playing and representing their country are now having second thoughts. So there could be a lot of individual guys. And then the end game, of course, is that uh, it destroys the integrity of the competition, right, that we're talking about. And that's uh, that's a, a major factor also that needs to be taken into consideration. So there's all kinds of things at play here. And you want to talk about moving parts, Brian and Stevie? I mean, moving parts, you know, to, you know, to the 10th degree when it comes to uh, this situation now and uh, obviously being in the midst still of a pandemic that uh, th- that is, you know, basically on every edge of the globe. So we'll see what happens. But And then uh, Canada has been more stringent in their uh, COVID protocols than the U.S. So uh, either Canadian players or guys who play for Canadian teams, m- might the uh, quarantine be longer for those guys coming back if they were to go? Uh, yeah. It, it, yeah, I mean, every, well, yeah, that's a different jurisdiction. I don't, the current, the current structure of what Canada's got going when they come back into the country, I'm honestly, I'm not up on. Because I know they were, they were much more stringent, had been, yeah. yeah but it doesn't seem like any of the teams going up there are having any issues. Well, no, as far as far as that goes, but but they're not letting Bertuzzi go up there, Chris. So, no, they aren't. So oh, no, no, okay, yeah, well, no. Everything you're yeah. saying is the caveat: Are you vaccinated? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm just saying the the, the the things are different there. So that's I, I think that's another thing the league has to be aware of, is that you know the Canadian government may say if you play for a Canadian team, you've you've got to quarantine an extra seven days or something. Or or if you're Canadian, we, we want you to quarantine for another seven days before you go play uh, NHL hockey games. I don't know. They, they may not be, but I but you you have to be cognizant of that. 
Yeah, I think every every step will be taken, and you know every T is going to be crossed, and every I is going to be dotted regarding that. But I mean, you brought up Bertuzzi. Obviously, Bertuzzi is not vaccinated. So, and I believe isn't he the only player in the NHL as far as I'm vaccinated? Yeah. That, yeah. So that kind of you know that kind of throws a monkey wrench into everything there with him. But uh, and by the way, I'm not very happy about that as far as uh, he's know. a good player. Yeah, too. I know, but it's just I, I, I know I, I, I look I at know. it from a team standpoint, you know, uh, and he hasn't given me a good enough reason. Why well, he's not vaccinated? Okay, so that's you know kind of why I have a beef with that. But uh, that being said, you know, look, and, and and by the way, it could it could have a major impact on this uh, team from a playoff standpoint. You know, you're playing a number of games in Canada that that could absolutely make a difference when it comes to the schedule. So in the I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I realize I'm going off on a tangent here talking about Bertuzzi, but uh, but to your point, Steve, yeah, it's I I would expect that uh, the Canadian government, along with the United States government for that matter, are going to uh, uh, bend over backwards, let's put it that way, to, to make sure that uh, it's uh, dealt with in a way where it's it's uh, it doesn't get too obtrusive to uh, the NHL teams across the board. And you you also have to, and Brian and, and you both alluded to this. This thing changes daily, hourly. Oh, exactly. Well, didn't Stevie didn't Brian Brian brought it up a scenario that could absolutely happen in the Olympic Games, where you yeah. have multiple players from multiple teams. You know, because it is going to be an Olympic Village thing. You're not going to have a complete lockdown. Well, that was the funny thing. These athletes in China. Well, they asked Badman. I don't want to get. They're going to be bouncing around. You know, and he goes, I don't want to get into speculation. And uh, and I'm like, well, yeah, but I mean, that's the point. I mean, (laughs) I mean, this this is what we're dealing with, and this is what potentially could happen. So, what's your plan for that? What do you mean you don't want to get into it? What if it happens? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't be an ostrich with your head in the sand, but. No, Again. absolutely. You got to be prepared. You have to be prepared for everything, and then and then when something happens, then you have a plan. So, can I chime in quickly on what Brian was saying though regarding Bettman and, uh, of course, everything going yeah. on with, with the Coyotes? Because I had a couple of que- things I want to throw at Stevie on this too, because you know, obviously, you got the whole dynamic with you know, uh, you've got Bettman coming out and saying that the owner uh, uh, Marulo with Arizona is working on a plan for a new arena, which is probably what's agitating the city of Glenville, Glendale. But then you got Glendale, you know, back obviously back in August, they broke off the negotiations on that multi-year extension at the arena. And then you got the relationship that how contentious it is with, you know, the city telling the Coyotes they would ban team employees and vendors from their venue if the Coyotes didn't, you know, ante up on that 250K and, you know, city taxes. And then, you know, you brought it up, Stevie, about this, this possibility of you know, uh, both you and Brian brought this up regarding uh, some some guy with a bunch of cash that might want to you know build a sta- uh, uh, an arena in Tucson. I mean, look, I I've seen a number. We all have seen a number of teams move in the NHL. Every other situation, the one that I remember most because I was I was there was when Hartford moved to Carolina. There was not anything close to the amount of drama that's going on. With the Coyotes and the you know Glendale and the state of Arizona and everything that's going on, what 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 is transpiring right now between you know these these factions, whether it's ownership in Arizona, whether it's the city of Glendale, and whether it's the te- you know the uh, the Coyotes themselves, but it's I, just crazy. But I think they deserve some credit here, and you know, mm-hmm. Batman specifically. Okay, yeah, the guy shows up, he gets booed everywhere he goes. Okay, that that's. Part and parcel of it. It's it's who he is. It's par for the course, right? It's yeah. it's it's a it's just a part of the equation. Yeah. But I will say this: 
the league worked on that dumpster fire in Arizona for a lot of years, and they've hung in there tough. The league hung in there with Buffalo when they went bankrupt Mm -hmm. with the Adelphia scandal and John Regas. And then Tom Golisano came in, the paychecks guy, saved the day with money, and they hung around until he sold it to the Pagoulas. So the, the league has done a really good job. They don't want to get into this, you know, at Atlanta situation, you know, mm-hmm. where they were there twice and it didn't work. And they, they, they're very good about not wanting teams running away from commitments that they've made. And then the other thing is, and people here in Vegas, uh, you know, what Bettman did, and boy, you think about this now, like it's ancient history and dead and gone. But this whole thing, it's only four and a half years. That first day, I always laugh at that, that first date over at the win, when they he showed up and they'd been doing this ticket drive and doing, you know, I was like, he's like, he gave Vegas enough room to say, yeah, I gave you a shot at it to hang yourself. And Vegas went did this ticket drive and the thing went ballistic. And I'll never forget Bettman sitting at the table at that press conference at the win. And they had the... The Maloofs were involved back then, and they had the puck drop in front of them and all the bells and whistles. And I'm looking at Bettman going, like, this guy's feet are nailed to the floor. He's like, I can't. how do I get out of here? He goes, these people actually pulled this off. And then he was such a good soldier and made this thing happen and in tandem with Foley. And what, he's, what Bettman did for this city should not be lost on people. It's taken for granted now. So, I mean, he deserves credit in terms of, you know, he works for the owners, but he's stuck by a lot of fans. I mean, I'll never forgive them the no goal thing. I mean, that's criminal. I mean, that's a Stanley Cup thing, and they let the media on the ice, and that should have been reviewed, and it was, it was a black eye for them to take, get the media off the ice and say that was no goal. Well, I'm sorry, you're handing out a cup. It's just a bad a black eye. You know, I mean, so – and then the fighting thing, you know – how desperately he's tried to always tried to get fighting out of the game of hockey, and then, which I think is just an egregious mistake, you know, because you got guys that are, you know, awfully brave checking guys from behind and slew footing and submarining and spearing and all this other stuff because they don't have to some, stare some guy down and maybe get a knuckle sandwich, you know. I mean, I, I, I always say. And I know fighting's not a thing in the playoffs, but over the course of 82 games, there's a there's a place for this to this sport. And, you know, stop being a wallflower on that nonsense. Somebody's going to get really hurt because, you know, like the Marshawn thing. All right, he gets two games with that nonsense, that, that stupid slew foot. He got two games. Oliver Ekman Larson goes in the air, out of control. His butt's in the air. His two legs are forward flying into the sideboards. He could have had two Joe Theismans. Well, how, what would that look have been like if two bones come busting through a hockey sock? You know, because no one's going to step up and, and, and have some enforcer come and you know smack him to within an inch of his life. There's a lot of unwritten rules. I'm an uncle dragging the aren't I? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of unwritten rules when it comes to hockey, right? And there's a lot of there's there's a place in the game, as you pointed out. For uh, the aggressiveness, i.e., fighting, i.e., you know, the enforcers in the game, I think it's an important part of the game, and I think it's something that is uh, is imperative. There's I a think code. The See, game, my but, thing is, man, yeah. I am old school. There's a code. Yeah. There's a way this game's always been played, and you know, whatever. 
I'll say this. Uh, this I'm sure a lot of people won't like like this. The the Truba hits. This I mean, the, 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 he freight trained the kid from Chicago. Did you see the hit he put on McKenna? I did not know. I'll get it for you. Yeah. I mean, not as mean and nasty, but the same thing. And, and hey, listen, McKinney got the last laugh. He comes flying now, and now he's out of his mind, comes out and scores an unbelievable goal. But both of those hits, as physical and mean and nasty as they were, I'm sorry, they were clean hits. The, the, the kid from Chicago has got the puck at his, at his feet. McKinnon's got the puck at his feet. And you're playing with your head down in this league. I mean, the old school guys, you got what you deserved. You're playing on the train tracks. But no one wants to see the, the guy lying on his back out cold. But, I mean, their professional athletes are making a lot of dough. That's the game. You know, it's a contact sport. And I think both of those Truba hits were clean. I really do. Well, here's the thing, though. Those of us that played the game, you can you know the difference between a dirty hit, right, where someone's trying to intentionally injure somebody, okay, and then just making an aggressive play, right? You know, it may and it may look vicious, and it may look, you know, extra violent, but there are there are differences. Am I am I saying that every single hit? There's no gray area where there's no, you know, you don't have a toss-up in certain situations. No, I'm not saying that. But they're in most cases, and the cases you're bringing up, it's it's pretty much cut and dry, right? We can tell the difference between someone who is crossing the line, right, and is going to end up with a fine or is going to end up, you know, in a bad situation financially because you're about to get uh, your pocketbook lightened a little bit. Uh, that was borderline. I mean, I just I just saw the hit, obviously, the Truba threw. I'm a Kinnon. Uh, because, because he's, you know why it's borderline to me and it, it could be, you know, portrayed as a dirty, because he lines him up and because he's, you know, yeah, I mean, you see what, you know, it was. He had the puck. It was, uh, there was, there was. He had the puck. <laughs> he's there looking was, now. Let me put it this way, Brian and Stevie. There was premeditation, let's put it that way, as far as uh, well, his approach to the hit. When you say the there's situation. premeditation. So I don't really have you, a problem with. If you're, uh, if you're a defenseman, who's the one, who are you keeping an eye on? No, I understand. I'm, you're, I'm you're just keeping an eye on him, you know, and he had the puck, and he's looking yeah. down at his skates at the puck. I mean, sorry, you're fair game, man. But it man. didn't look exactly like it was a natural part of the play where he was, you know, it just kind of like it was. It was almost. It wasn't. There it wasn't any spontaneity to here's, it. Here's a, re- here's a replay. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. He's I mean, got yeah, the puck. He's like got the net. Brian, like I said, it's borderline. It's borderline. So I call it borderline. I, you know, look. You see what I'm saying? I don't know. He takes a couple steps to him. He throws the, the right elbow is, is is in there. It's it's a nice pop. Okay. I think he got him with the. I'm not gonna have a problem with the. With the I'm not gonna have a problem with the as player. You know, looking to. Uh, and you know, to, and you know what? Looking to dosey do and away we go because that's exactly and what happened. And you happened. know what? So. I mean, and again, good on Truba. Yeah. Landis guy goes right to his teammates' defense. They square yeah. up. No, they, they. Now they square up. They fight. They address it. That's it. Game. That's I wouldn't all. look at a fine for that. No, yeah, that's the end of it. But it's fine. dealt with yeah. now. If, if they don't let those two guys fight, mm-hmm. what's going on the rest of the night? These guys spearing each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's where fighting has its place. Truba, Truba makes that hit. He knows he's going to answer the bell. Landis guy doesn't jump him either. Landis guy skates over and says, "Let's go." And Truba nods. They drop their gloves, square off, get away from everybody, and dealt with it. 
I see that hit and immediately think of the situation in the NFL right now where you've got the, you know, defenseless receiver, right? And you have the safety coming across the middle. And, you know, it it, it may look worse than it is, but it still it feel, it seems like it's an illegal hit. You know what I mean? That's exactly what I think of when I see that. And, look, you're Brian. There are hits like this numerous times, I'm sure, in NHL games, right, that don't get called. They don't even get called. There's no there's no whistle at all. So, well, so me, I can let see me, where let I, me, I, me, I can basically. Let I, me know I, how I you know you, you. You, know how, you know how you know it's clean. I mean, it wasn't him exactly. making a hit on some third line guy. That right. that hits on one of the top three players in the game and I, in the but, world. But Brian, and there's I've no, never been on board with that whole nonsense. But it's I true. Mean, okay, so one I'm player is guy, more important I, than the other. Okay, I, so you hit the guy. I, so you hit I, Wayne Gretzky, but because I, you, I, you hit Yari Curry, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter as much? Is that I, what you're trying no, to tell me? I don't no, understand why no, that's no, a thing. No, no, no. I'm, yeah. telling, I'm not saying I feel that way. Yeah. I'm yeah. saying that's how they usually treat things like that. Yeah. They do. I'm, I'm, But I'm saying if that hits on McKinnon, you know damn well they're going to protect one of the greatest players in the game if it was even borderline, and no, nothing happened. But I'll tell you what, I was just as mad as if Steve Eiserman got hit back in 1996 in a game against the Avalanche. And, as what a, happened? and I was just as and mad when Chris Draper got drilled, okay? By, I was by just Lemieux. as upset yeah. in that situation. Yeah, but what so happened? that's kind of the way I view it. What happened? You know? Then Prober yeah. would go and beat the hell out of the guy. Exactly, yeah. Or or Vernon would come. that's how it's supposed to be. Or, or Vernon would come out at center ice and meet Patrick Watt. Those are the greatest <laughs> memories yeah. in all of hockey. Yeah, let's exactly. get that out of the game. Game tonight, by the way, the Avalanche and Red Wings. Not the same rivalry as it used no. to be, guys. Well, you got to be good. Not. you got to be good. Yeah, it's true. Well, and, it uh, helps to be good. Yeah, and the Avalanche, I mean, the Avalanche looking solid right now. What, 14-7 and seven in the West? And, uh. And uh, they are damn good at home. What seven and two when they're playing at home? So the thing tonight, and yeah. we we did talk about this yesterday briefly, Stevie. Was that more than just a win over Dallas? You know what I mean? I mean, it's a win. You got the two points. Had they lost, no big deal. But the, uh, no, but I the think way, it would have been a big way, deal. But the way they won, you know, the way they dug down deep, came in, and the in the bang bang aspect of it, like the, those are. Listen, Anaheim, don't get yourself. Anaheim season turned on a dime. When they came in here and were down three goals, came back tight Vegas, and lost in overtime. But Anaheim, A, knew they could play with anybody. They were ticked. They lost. They didn't finish it. And then they went east, and they they went nuts. They went on that 7-8 game winning streak. I mean, there are certain games that propel you to do things, and I'm wondering if... There's a chance the Golden Knights rally win over a team that had won seven in a row. Oh, by the way, by the way, a team that kept them from playing in the Stanley Cup final not that long ago. You wonder if that's that's a, a win that propels them to a and it helps that they're kind of all healthy now. But do they really start, you know, t- taking this thing to the next level? I think they have been playing well. The, the the one outlier in the last what five six games was the Anaheim game uh, that that I didn't personally like, but I, I thought they had been playing well. I think it, I think it would have been a bigger loss than it is a big win because the, the quality chances were about three to one in favor of the Knights, and so you, you, and you lose that game when you had much the better of it offensively. Um, I, I think that would have been a tougher pill to swallow. 
I, I, I think they just – it is because it's Dallas who, who got the better of them in the playoffs. I, I think that was, that, that was kind of a big deal for them and, and, and the fact that they did fight back. But other than that, I think, you know, it's on to the next game. Again, right now, if, if I'm a member of the Knights, it's just get my points, man. We've, we've got to stock off some points because we're, you know, it's an uphill battle from here. And, oh, by the way, you know, last year, Flurry on Ruta winning the Vesna. And if you remember the post-game press conferences, it was all the Zoom nonsense. And... I remember almost every night after games, they'd be rolling flurry out there. And how many times before you'd, you'd ask him a question, you go, congratulations, Mark Andre. You know, he passed this guy. He passed that guy. You know, it, just, it was like how many milestones did he have last uh, year? And back then, we were saying, and how long is it going to take him to get the 500? And that would have been, there would have been a countdown on here. Well, last night, flurry gets career win number 500, beats Montreal in the process, uh, which would be, for him, obviously, you know, in his his youth and all his idols and, and family up there, Fleury joins Berdur and Patrick Waugh as the only NHL goalies to reach 500 wins. Wow. Congratulations, Marc-Andre Fleury. And we had the good fortune to watch him for four years here. Yeah, well deserved. And look, I mean, this this is Vegas, a franchise that's not even been around five years, right? And we've it's already seems like it's a foregone conclusion that his number is going to be the first one retired, right? And he only oh. played here for you know he played here for a handful of seasons. So like it's it's uh, look, he he is without question, uh, you know, one of the best of all time. And uh, that's tough sledding for me to say, guys, being a Detroit Red Wings fan. Yeah, I hear uh, Talking about Marc-Andre Fleury in glowing fashion, but uh, you have to because, uh, you know, and look, we've used all the superlatives to describe him, having a chance to cover him here in Vegas. You know, he's a a tremendous guy as well, too. And uh, so that's kind of softened my my viewpoint on Flower. But, uh, yeah, it was good to see that, for him to get 500. There uh, with the uh, Chicago Blackhawks and and you guys, I don't, I don't know if obviously you guys float around Twitter a little bit and social media. You do get the occasional people out there that point out, you know, the goals against average is better than than Robin Leonard there in Vegas, and and you get a lot. And, and there's been some people that have said, look, that was the worst decision the Vegas Golden Knights ever made is getting rid of Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, I think the jury's still out on that, but uh, still, uh, he's he's a guy that's going to be remembered here in Vegas. Well, they had to get rid of him. Yep. There, there's another guy coming in, and they they, they had to clear salary. Uh, there, 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 there wasn't a choice there. Does he got 52 more in him? Does he pass Waugh? Is he going to be the second winningest goalie of all time? You guys talk. I'm doing math. I think there's a, I think there's a possibility, yeah, that he can do that. Now, obviously, we're talking about you know with the Blackhawks right now, but uh, is he a guy that maybe that maybe gets moved? You, do, do you think he gets moved to a team where he? He would have a shot to do that. I, I mean, I don't know. If I'm that's, doing my math right, is that does that sound right? The 210 of those wins were with Vegas. Uh, oh no, no, uh, 210 minus 18. So no, he didn't have 210, did he? No, with well, Vegas. With Vegas, 46. Where's that game's played? Wait a minute. Where's where the W? Oh no, I'm an idiot. All right. Uh, with Vegas, 26, 27, 53, 83, 88. Chris, he was going to be an accountant. Do you believe no, this? No, there you go. Once, 
It looks He's like throwing a, numbers uh, all around. No, Steve, no, no, it looks like you. 117 of those wins were in Vegas. Okay. Pe- people in yeah. Buffalo would have lost fortunes. It's a good thing he became a broadcaster. <laughs> Stevie, I, I'll call you later with that financial advice I was going to give you. Yeah, just, just <laughs> don't bother. <laughs> I'm going to turn my phone off. Stevie changed his phone number. What's going on here? <laughs> I've got, Stevie, i got my phone on my Chime account right now. I'll be asking uh, Double B here uh, what I need to do. As far yeah, as, uh, and then go oppo. As yeah. far as some stock stock options here. Let's see, get it going. You can call my financial advice number. One eight hundred I eight one two sour. All right, Chris Wynn, you're the man, man. Always. Thank you times. for coming down here. Thank you to Jay Cornegate, everybody at the Westgate. Don't forget Football Central each and every Sunday. Stevie, love you, buddy. Great stuff. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a great weekend, boys. TC is coming up next. <laughs>